Welcome to Actualize, a podcast focused on the intersection of performance, ambition, and mental health. I'm your host, Rob Pantwala. My goal for the show is to not only celebrate success, but also shed light on the challenges and sacrifices that come with ambition. Actualize is brought to you by First Session. Launched in 2019, I started First Session to help you find the right therapist. First Session is purposely designed more like a dating website than a clinical website, as we're completely focused on helping you find the right fit the first time. My team and I interview and vet our partner therapists, so you can simply browse videos, see who you vibe with, and instantly book a session. Check us out at firstsession.com and see why more than 7,000 Canadians have chosen First Session to find a therapist. This episode is with Tina Liu. Tina is a longtime friend, and she's the co-founder of Fable, a lifestyle brand delivering products that transform how you eat at home, starting with better tableware. Tina is the head of technology at Fable, but she's also a mother of two, a partner, a daughter, and a sister. What you'll learn from this conversation is that Tina has an incredible work ethic. She's extremely independent and resourceful, and she's also a vulnerable, kind human. Tina shares a recent experience of what she calls stage five burnout, in which she completely was overwhelmed, both physically and mentally. She shares about how she pulled herself out of the burnout and what she's doing to lessen the chances of it happening again. I hope you enjoy this episode with Tina Liu. Hi, Tina. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, Rob. Thanks for inviting me. Great to catch up in person. Oh, virtually. Yeah. Podcast. Oh, yeah. Super excited to chat with you. Wanted just to jump right in. You are a founder, a mother of two, a partner, daughter. (laughs) How do you juggle it all? It's been challenging. I think I've been like learning as I go these like different roles. I think when I first started this entrepreneur journey, I actually already had Zeke and I was then pregnant with my second so it's kind of linked to things at once and wasn't very good at it back then I'm a little bit better now but it's definitely challenging there's definitely moments where I'm like why did I have children or like why did I choose this path when I could just work at another company where I don't have to worry about employees or if the company is going to succeed or not I always I grapple with these questions all the time but I remind myself that this is probably more fun this way. So it's definitely a challenge. And this is your, is this your first, I mean, this business is from my perspective, huge already. And had you ever done anything like more entrepreneurial in the past before this? No, definitely not. I think before Fable, I was kind of lost. Like I was working as a web developer at another company, but I wasn't being pushed or didn't strive. I didn't have confidence. I didn't really try to push myself. And it wasn't until I I had children that I was like, oh, time is scarce. I need to like use the time that I have when they're napping or when they're sleeping or when I have my free time to do things that I really want to do. And I think before having kids, I was just like, free time. I'll just do it later. And with children, it's, there's never later. You just have to do it now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so you're the technology sort of lead at Fable. 
And I remember, I mean, probably met you around 2013 when I moved to Vancouver originally. Yes. um, I remember you weren't a developer and you like made a full career transition, became a developer, and then you started a company. What were you before you were a developer and how did you make the transition? I, thinking back so long ago, I was just working in the restaurant industry. I graduated with a science degree and I didn't want to do anything with the science degree. So worked in the restaurant industry for a few years and taught myself how to code, did a like a bootcamp class. And then from there, kind of try to figure my way through a web developer like career. But like back then, I definitely had like strong imposter syndrome, you know, coming from a background where I self-taught, I did boot camp in a male-dominated industry. I was like, I don't know what, like, I, it was hard. And so I think that definitely contributed to me, like, feeling lost back then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how did this company start? I've never actually heard the story from you. Oh, okay. For me, you can talk to Joe and Max about how they all started. Me, we bought a house and we were moving into a new home. And I was unpacking my IKEA dishes that I've had for like years, 10 years. Moved across country with them, new apartments. And I thought, I was like, you know, it's time to like upgrade, you know, like what's the next step? And I've always loved the pottery at like artisan markets but they were just way too expensive it's like ridiculously like a lot of money for one plate so then I was like okay well maybe let's try West Elm or Pottery Barn and it's like I the style didn't really jive with me either and like I was feeling like there is an opportunity where we can find something in the middle that still kind of has like a hand-finished artisanal feel but without the price tag and with the price tag of like a traditional retailer so, and that's kind of how it started. And, but the impetus for like me wanting to do this was because I was faced, I was ending my mat leave and I had to go back to my old job. And I was like, well, like I don't really, didn't really like the position and where I was then. And like, do I really want to go back and spend my limited time away from my family at a job that I didn't have any passion for? So then I was like, let's just do this. <laughs> and so I kind of just, that kind of kickstarted the exploration of what a dinnerware company is. And then I connected with Joe and Max and that's kind of how we started. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> unpacking, unpacking after a move. Oh, that's incredible. Un- unpacking, yeah. And bringing, like, I was bringing plates, I kept buying plates from, like, different stores, bringing into my book club, like, what do you guys like, what guys don't like. So that was a very fun few years. And you mentioned that you had imposter syndrome even back when you started as a developer and you, like, started mm. a company. How has that translated into, like, just being at the helm of a startup that has definitely grown fast? Yeah, I still have it, but it's not as, like, 
glaring. It's not like I don't wake up every day. I'm like, I'm an imposter syndrome. I don't like the title of CTO though. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's like, I'm not a CTO because I, like, I guess I, I compare it to like a tech company CTO and I'm like, no way tech company CTO. But besides that, it's, I'm way more confident. I don't know what changed in the last like five years, but I'm, I still have it, but it's, I'm able to remind myself, no, like you've done great things and you're continually learning, you're continually improving. So like, ignore. Yeah. Ignore. (laughs) Ignore. That's a great reminder. I I think it's kind of also nice to like have that feeling. I think a lot of people like shy away from it. And like maybe in the past, I used to like dwell in it. Oh, I'm an imposter. Like, I, I don't know anything, but I think now it's like, I use it as fuel to be like, what don't I know? And what can I do to like get myself to the next level? So it is nice to have that feeling personally for me, because if I didn't have that feeling, I'd just be like, okay, I retire. I'll, I'm good. Where is your sort of ambition? Where do you think that comes from? Or do you not even think of it as that? Like when you were starting this business and you were, putting the work in initially and kind of imagine you realize that oh, like it's uh, quite a bit of work <laughs> like what kind of kept you going and what like what did you draw on yeah I never thought starting Fable would lead me here like I, I didn't think the success would be so grand and so fast in the last like three four years such a difficult question because like I just love what I do and it's also kind of nice to have joe and max because they're always just like pushing you and striving for the best so it's like kind of like twofold it's a little bit of me loving what i do and then also like my co-founding team just like always pushing to 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 be the best yeah that's amazing yeah yeah so i (laughs) i worked with joe and max for any listeners (laughs) i worked with the other two co-founders for about four years and they're incredible i'm i'm the favorite Right. <laughs> you're, you're the founding plate story. <laughs> you brought a thing, everything together. As far as though your, uh, like, I'd wondering if you can actually just talk about like where the company's at roughly now, so people get a sense for like you know when you talk about the growth and the success. Like, yeah. So to- where I was for the years. Right now we um we're in three countries so uk us canada we have two retail locations um, one in toronto one in vancouver we actually just moved a retail location from gastown to granville like a month ago and then we also operate our own fulfillment in canada so we have two warehouses one in um, toronto one in abbotsford and then we just recently partnered with the 3pl like a third-party logistics in the u.s to handle our like u.s fulfillment so and i think the numbers oh this as of this year we're in over a hundred thousand homes across the three countries so number yeah it's like i yeah it's kind of baffling that's incredible well congrats on that success and that is thank you thank you to manage you know as far as what the you know current state of your role and your team like are you managing several people now like i heard for the longest time uh, that you're doing it all yourself how does that look i'm still doing it myself i'm still doing it myself so it's 
now I don't have a team because we try to keep it very lean and it's we have we have like more than three Shopify stores and an ERP system and all the apps mostly still is on me. It definitely has been a process. I think if you told me three or four years ago that I would be doing what I'd like the amount of work I'd be doing now, I'd be very surprised. But in that time, I've been able to find like efficiencies and certain things to like manage these three stores um, really well. So it's, but it's definitely overwhelming because everything is on your shoulders and there's no backup. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of what contributed to like, we'll get into it, but like my burnout in like the end of the summer this year, it was just like a lot of things on me to do. And I'm the only one who really can do it. And so it just felt like a never ending problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. So, That's a lot. yeah. Well, we can either talk about that now or, I mean, before you mentioned your, you mentioned like your multiple roles um, and that you're kind of, you've been sort of, I guess, growing into how to, how to co-bound or co-juggle rather these roles. What other roles do you even consider yourself like in as a person? Like in Fable or like Just in your outside life, of Fable? In your life, yeah. Uh, a mom, uh, Jordan's reminder person. <laughs> what else? Uh, a friend? But, um, yeah. All that's those are the only titles. Yeah. Sister. Yeah. Daughter. Yeah. And so as far as, yeah, maybe we talk about being a mom, like you started the company after already having your first son yeah yeah and the second one was on the way and and how do you like <laughs> how do you do it i have one son and another one on the way which i was mentioning before we hit record i have a partner with a full-time job with great benefits and maternity yep. leave how did you <laughs> leave or not leave you know how do you like juggle all this it was tough it was really tough i think it was trying to think back you know it was easy when it was one and when i was pregnant with um, rafi because you know you just work when they nap um or jordan and i would i think he was working from home at that time we would trade off so he would do mornings i would do the afternoons um definitely became more challenging when the second baby came and i think we were also launching the fable site like for the first time doing a, like a trial, like beta test. And it was only a few weeks after I gave birth to Rafi. And I don't think this is a good idea, but within like a week of giving birth, I was like back on my computer, coding the website, getting it all launched. And even Joe was like, are you, should you be doing this? And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. He's napping. And I'm like breastfeeding and I'm like, like this on the couch, trying to like get things out the door. But like, it definitely was challenging as I think I did have postpartum with my second because we were, I was working. It didn't take, give enough time for myself to like recover. Two kids now, we were doing pop-ups. 
you know, Jordan would drive Rafi because I was still breastfeeding to the pop-up, bring him to me and why I quickly breastfed. And then he would like disappear and then come back two hours later. So it was uh, definitely challenging, but you just have to like push through it. That's not really good advice, but like, yeah. Have you, like, what have you gotten back from the venture to date, you know, in these last few years? Like you said, you, I think you said you love what you do earlier, but like, Mm -hmm. what do you get? What have you gotten out of it? And has that been consistent or is it kept getting, do you kept getting, do you keep getting more out of your, you know, the company and who you work with and what you've created? I do. I mean, there's definitely moments where it's like, oh, why am I doing that? But I think the positive experiences definitely outweigh the negative. And it it just makes me so motivated and happy to be working on something that I'm creating with a bunch of fantastic and talented people and creating joy in people's lives through what we're doing. And I think that's just so fascinating. And I think the one thing I do like is I am in control of my own destiny because I am the founder to a certain extent. So it's, it, I can shape the company in a way that I want or like influence. So it's definitely when there's, when it is very challenging, I know I have, I guess, ability to like mold it to what I would want it to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, what might be some examples of some maybe like initiatives or directions that you've led the company in based on your passions and your what you care about? Oh, it's mostly like technical. Okay, <laughs> like, yeah, fair boring. enough. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, it's, yeah, <laughs> my tech stack, like how am I managing four stores and, and all that stuff. It's It's not that exciting. Well, on that um, note, and you're still almost like, well, it sounds like you're still like a sole <laughs> contributor, leader at the same yes. time. Um, you don't have that many people that you can ask for help. H- how do you learn? Are you still like self-taught as far as like things that you need to like, is there mentors or like consultants that you can call on? Or how do you like continuously learn new things? I Google. Google. I probably should get myself a mentor and I need to look for them if, if anyone's listening. <laughs> You know, a tech leader at econ business, let me know. I'm still learning a lot of Googling, a lot of like coming through Shopify's like dev knowledge base to see like what I can and cannot do. And so it's, you know, sometimes you find little nuggets that then you then implement and you don't need to pay for an app because it's free. But yeah. 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 Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about your run in with burnout and Mm. burnout's a pretty hot word in the last few years yeah was that word always in your vocabulary before this happened or how did you walk into this mess (laughs) no i did not i i obviously knew that word but i never experienced it and there's definitely moments in the last like four years where like you know i was emotionally upset but i'm it's but i never to the extent that what I experienced like two months ago, I, I didn't even know that it was happening. I was away for a cottage and like 
we were launching things and there was so many things in flight. We were also testing a, a new app that kind of like made it even worse. But I was away yeah, with cottage internet, you know, and I'm supposed to be on vacation with my family and like things kept going wrong and I didn't realize it until like a week or two later that I was like, oh, this is burnout. Like I had like physical, like my legs were tingly. I had stomach pains, anxiety just the whole time because like I'm, I can't really fix it. Or I can fix it, but it's like delayed and I'm like not there to like fully do it. And it, it was, yeah, and I kept like waking up and crying. It was a lot. And I was like, am I going crazy or is it like, what's going on? And then I realized it was, I was probably burnt out. Yeah. My goodness. Not, I, not fun. And I thought it was did, sick. Did you realize like on your own or like Googling again more or what did, like, how did you I can't remember. I think I was just Googling and I was just like, physical, I'm crying, it's work related. And I was like, they're like, maybe it's burnout. And I was like, oh, I, it sounds like it. Like, I, I can't even be diagnosed with, but it's. I mean, it's not in the DSM, I don't think. I might be wrong. But yeah. I mean, I think a lot of therapists are familiar with it now. How did you work? Yeah. To, so you. Did it click with you? Like, okay, this is what it is? Or were you I, in denial? Yeah, I wasn't in denial, but it was more like, is it? Because I know, like, I started reading more about, like, the different stages of burnout. You know, I can't remember what they are now. And then I'm like, oh, wait, was I in four for a long time? And I just kept it cool. And then now I'm stage five, which is, like, the worst. And this is what's resulted in. And I was like, oh, like, it's interesting, like, when you look back at the like in you look at the stages you're like oh this what i've been feeling in the past when i was feeling like kind of shitty is like one of these stages okay but i was able to like bring myself back and then it was only in the last time where it just like manifested into whatever the highest level of burnout is and and, and how did you start to work your way out of that oh it was really hard like you're a one person it team, was, you still have all these things to do. Like what happened? <laughs> uh, I don't know. A lot of crying. Really. I'd be like literally like finish a meeting off camera, cry. <laughs> Wipe my tears, go back on. I know it sounds so bad. Whoever's listening at people, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> and you know, I would get triggered a lot by what certain people said, even though it meant like nothing. It was a really hard process and I didn't know like how to fix it because I felt like the triggers that were giving me burnout was what I love to do. And like, how do I like get myself out of it? Like, I can't, I can't just go hire another person. Like we don't have the budget for it. It's not like an easy fix. So it's like, I, it's, I don't know. I kind of lived with it for like a month or two. My goodness. I know. I, I don't know if we're, I'm allowed to say this, but I also microdose shrooms. And that helped me, like, it, it gave me, like, when I was feeling really down, like, like when I can't get myself out of bed, microdose, like, 50 mg. You can cut this out. I don't care. And it would bring me to a level that, um, where I was not great, but I was, like, I can deal with this. 
Like I can get through the day. I'm not happy. I'm not great, but I'm not shit in bed and feeling sorry for myself. I'm yeah, somewhat functioning. Yeah. Sorry, that's and I did that for like a that was the same second time, at least a uh, third time that psychedelics have been discussed on this podcast. So it's all good. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> great. And I, w- I did it for like a month or two. And like I was re- look, reading a lot of like articles and like podcasts on like how to like fix your burnout. Um, and then I found one podcast that was like, you know, self-care isn't the solution to burnout because your stressors are still there. You know, it's like Jordan was like, oh, go to the spa. Why don't you take a day off? And I'm like, okay, I could do that. But like, I would just walk back into the fire that I was trying to escape. So it, like, there's like self-care and burnout doesn't really work in my situation. I'm sure it could work for others. So that was hard to try to like fix because if self-care isn't the issue, then it isn't the solve and what is. And then it wasn't until, well, I was journaling a little bit to like help me get my thoughts because I kept, it kept being in my brain and I kept like cycling through the same conversations, the same topics in my brain. It wasn't until like I wrote it out that I felt like, okay, it's on paper. It's like concrete. I acknowledge my feeling um, that I was like able to be like, what do I do now? And it didn't really like click for me until like one day I woke up, I was just talking to Jordan about like how I'm feeling. And I was just like, you know what? Like my feelings and how I'm feeling right now is valid, but I'm not going to be a victim of this. And so like I have power, don't know what I can do with it to like fix it. Not even just the founder or business owner, but like I have the power to change it. Either I leave I quit, I find another job, or I start shaping my work environment so that like it is a bit more balanced and like I, I won't burn out. I'm not saying I probably there's a chance I could, but like I trying to set more boundaries up for myself. Yeah. And like, yeah. Um, any quick examples of, you know, do you, you know, not turn like only answer emails or slacks in a certain set of hours uh, some, like high level changes that you made that the lay person might be able to understand just a quick interruption to chat about my company first session have you had a less than ideal experience looking for a therapist there are lots of options out there but it's hard to know where to get started and who to trust my company first session focuses entirely on creating the best experience finding a therapist We vet and verify each therapist we work with, interview them on camera, and allow you to browse on your own time to see who you vibe with. You can see updated availability and book directly with them. No phone calls, no email back and forths. Run through videos and find the right therapist for you the first time at firstsession.com. I started saying no. Nice. And it's so simple, but I started saying no, I'm sorry. Like, if I'm going to do this, then what are we going to drop? And like, I know it's so simple, but like, I, I don't know, as a founder, I personally feel like I have to do everything and support anybody who needs support, even if it's not in my domain. So it's like, I'm always trying to like do everything and it doesn't work out that well. So I just started saying no. That's awesome. And that was, yeah. 
and I try to I snooze a lot of things I try not to like get anxiety checking my phone and all that stuff but I think the biggest one for me was just saying no you hear that talked about a lot but it's way easier said than done to say no I understand and what was it like being a mother during this period of burnout like was there like guilt associated or shame or that sort of thing i was um i was not very nice even to jordan as a partner it was there's just so many things happening that like i i just wasn't very present for the kids or for jordan and so jordan definitely did step up a lot during that time and like gave me space and was just there for like a sounding board of what I was going through. But I definitely do feel like bad at times, like when I'm like really stressed out around the kids. And it's so hard when you work from home. Like I, I don't have a commute time. So I don't like, I'm not able to like decompress. I literally just walk down the stairs and I'm in, and it's, I'm in the fray of things, but I haven't like disconnected work. And switching it to like being more patient with the kids. So like that's something I'm like trying to work on. But it's definitely challenging to do it. Yeah. 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 Do you think about the future much as far as what you might, you know, assuming there's some sort of transition or evolution of fable and you kind of get the success that you're hoping for. Maybe you haven't even defined that, but like, do you think about a life that you like would like to be kind of living or is it like in terms of like, you know, how busy you want to be doing work or do you just want to keep working on things you love and are passionate about? So hard. It's so hard because I love work. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my dad's famous saying is, I love working. That's my hobby. He works all the time. Maybe that's where I get it from. I I don't, I think I definitely want to like spend more time with the kids. I know everyone says that. And especially now, it's such a, the age is so fleeting. So. How old are they now? Six and four. I, I wish there was more time. Like I wish I didn't have to like work on my vacation. Yeah. No kidding. I need to practice my nose on that too, maybe, but it's maybe one yeah. day you'll be able to hire someone that will be able to help you. <laughs> one day, yeah. One day, yeah. And do you like? Have you experienced any unique challenges, or maybe in the early days with being like a female founder? Um, or does that did that even cross your mind, or is it is it not really that relevant? Um, I know a lot of people ask me to do that, and I I don't think so. I don't, I haven't experienced anything like overtly, like too biased against me. You know, maybe sometimes there's comments like, oh, are you, are you the technical lead? No, but like, whereas if it was a dude who came in, it would be like, yeah, that's the technical lead. But it's, it's things like that, but nothing too, too crazy in my opinion. Yeah. And do you have, like, do you think having children by the time you started the company helped shape the culture at your company as far as like 
you know, how you, how, how what you expect from others with children or? Not many team members have children. Oh, two recently just came back from mat leave. Um, and one is on mat leave. Two is on mat leave. So we will see. But Matt, you know, Matt leaves and encouraged and that sort of thing. Matt leaves encouraged. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt leaves encouraged. Um, we actually just trialed um, uh, summer hours this past summer. So it was a four-day work week. Everyone loved it. I think that's also what contributed to my burnout. Because it was day. five days condensed into four. Yeah, one extra day gone. I was like, that's one extra day I could be coding. <laughs> it was just condensed. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, it strikes, like, even just how you explained coming back to, you know, almost like self-diagnosing yourself and like being, like it's like you're extremely resourceful. You learned how to code yourself. You learned how to get out of burnout yourself. There's probably many other things you learned how to do yourself. Like, do you? Yeah. Is I wonder where that kind of, you know, value from? Com- comes from. Just being so self reliant. <laughs> and I, uh, I always tell Jordan this. I'm very independent, and my motto, my life motto, is dependency is poison. <laughs> very dark, but I. I don't like relying on others to like solve problems. I'll just do it myself. Yeah. Cause I'm the only one who could like really know what I per- really want. And so I should be the one who is pushing myself to get what I want. Do you think that was like taught to you from your parents or was that, did that stem from some, you know, many levels of disappointment and having other, other, <laughs> others, others disappoint you? probably a little bit of mix of both like my parents were refugees um from the vietnam war so they were always working and they grew up in the war so they also had their own you know trauma and issues that they had to work with that they they choose to ignore and so um i was i think me and my brother were always mostly like alone growing up it was like just me and him so we would be really there for each other and there for ourselves really i love you mom and dad not that this yeah. is like a harp on them but uh i think it's always been like that yeah yeah did you find that there is i mean i so part of my job is or used to be more so i used to just interview all the therapists that we onboarded on my platform and very key theme that i found in terms of therapists um, especially in the toronto area where it's much more diverse than bc where i live now in culturally and folks that are like therapists that were many of them maybe second generation immigrants or some maybe mm-hmm. the first and just talking about like the expectation of being the child of an immigrant even regardless of where you're from originally and just like how much expectation that there can be on the, the children because the parents often fled or worked their absolute butts off to to come to Canada and uh, put it all on the line. And then they kind of just like can view their children as like, you better take advantage of this because we did all of this to like get here. (laughs) Did you feel any of that? (laughs) No, interestingly, like my parents were not like the tiger parents. They didn't like put me in like math class or extracurricular and like anything. Maybe that's why I was like, maybe they should have pushed me and maybe I am 
maybe more independent that way because I can't rely on other people <laughs> do things for me or but luckily my parents are not like that they're very chill maybe sometimes too chill but luckily I didn't have to I didn't experience that mm-hmm. no that's I mean yeah the, the independence part is uh that it seems like such a strength too yeah such a strength yeah I mean luckily I'm more introverted so I guess it kind of works together how do you kind of recharge then like if you are now that you're sort of hopefully past the worth state maybe yeah yeah five of burnout you know like now i'm like level one now (laughs) yeah level one i'm back in the cycle (laughs) how do you or how have you successfully charged when you do get a minute to yourself or 10 minutes or an hour jordan yeah jordan actually takes the kids out because he knows like i like being home alone so he likes being out of the house. So he will take the kids out for a few hours. And I'm like, great. What else do I do? I'm trying to go to the gym more. And do you notice like mental benefits? Oh, and so like, oh, yes. One of, one of the, the burnout recovery plans that I did was like, I used to just sit in the chair, like this chair here from like nine till five, be back at it after the kids go to bed. And I just didn't move. And I was like, no, Tina, like you can give yourself permission to go for a walk for 30 minutes in the middle of the day. You can go to the gym, not feel anxiety. So I'm trying to work out more, but it's hard to get into routine, but that's fine. Trying to get more movement in. What else do I do? Smoke a little pot. (laughs) (laughs) It's legal. It's legal. That is true. And... But it's, I just, I recharge by being alone and then, but also being more social as well. Cause I, I default to being alone and like being an introvert, but it, I actually get so much happiness and joy hanging out with friends and stuff. So I also need to like, when I'm feeling kind of lazy, I just need to push myself out the door because I come back feeling so much more fulfilled than if I stayed home and put on a movie and had my favorite snacks. Do you get reach outs or if you're out, I'm not sure if you're doing any kind of like startup events in Toronto these days. Do you get younger people asking you about, you know, advice or like, like what would you tell someone who is asking you about what it's like to start a company, how they might approach it, that sort of thing. Like, do you have any like go-to sort of wisdom that you are passing down to, to younger, younger folks? Uh, I think the one that comes to mind is like, don't be precious about it. Like precious about an idea. Cause you can work on an idea for years or however long because you don't feel, you get imposter syndrome where you don't feel like it's perfect enough to share. But I think sharing often and like just pushing out whatever project you're on frequently and like iterating cause you, you, you learn so much about you, what you're working on as you're sharing it versus I'm going to spend a year working on this and then we're going to launch it and then it turns out to be a flop. Whereas maybe you could have done a small test within the first three months, learned what you could and then and like evolved your work or your project um, based on feedback. So yeah and what would you say about people asking about partners and like co-founders because it sounds like pretty early on you were 
open to partners, you know, once you discover this yeah. kind of idea. And I know a lot of people want to keep it to themselves or they're trying to find the perfect partner or, or they don't go into a partnership because they're afraid of like the risk or something like that or yeah it's pretty yeah it's pretty it's kind of tricky I knew right away I couldn't do this myself because like I never done retail never done e-com I only know tech like I needed co-founders or partners that complement my skill I feel very fortunate that like we met that I met Joe and Max and they were also interested in doing this. And Joe was actually on like the same, was looking into the January industry at the same time. So it was, I feel very fortunate. And like our relationship between the three of us has only just grown. So I do feel very fortunate that like our synergy works. So, cause we didn't really do any like vetting. Yeah. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, what do you, what's, what is your work style? Like, what's, you know, who, how do you like to take feedback? It's like, we had to figure it out through the years. And so it's, but it's a very natural relationship that we have now. And it's a great partnership that's, between the three of us. That's amazing. Well, that's incredible. Well, yeah, no, this has been an amazing conversation. And I appreciate you opening up about some of these, I think the burnout, you know, portion here is so valuable for so many folks that are on different phases of these different stages of, different of stages yeah yeah, yeah. What, what would you like maybe as a final question to wrap up like what would you what would your advice to be to someone who's maybe in that like fourth stage and like still doesn't really know what it is like how do you <laughs> how did you just kind of <laughs> tough question i know everyone's different right but like I mean, it, did, you said you accepted your, you, you said something about accepting, like validating what you were feeling, right? Like how important was that? I think it was very, very pivotal. I don't know why it just clicked in my brain. Because I think, yeah, maybe when I was going through the burnout, I was trying to justify reasons why I was feeling shitty. And it just kind of was like, no, it, you don't need to justify it. It is what it is. And you either fix it or like do something to shift it or you can just leave. That actually was a, a thought that crossed my mind. I was like, I could just leave Fable. Like it's it, like, wouldn't be a great choice. I wouldn't do it now, but like I have the power to be like, okay. So it's not like I was trapped. Mm -hmm. I'm not trapped. And so I think that was like, oh, okay. Like I want to stay. Let's work through this and, and figure it out. But like, I don't know if I could prevent myself from reaching that level again. Like I, it's, I feel like it's just sometimes like sneaks up on you before you even realize. And so uh, I'm still kind of working on like flags that like that come up and what to do. So maybe talk to me in a year. Yeah. We'll <laughs> check in. Yeah. Check in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think there's some power around kind of relinquishing the feeling that you can control it, right? Like if you think that you can control and prevent yourself from burning out, that's like an added layer of anxiety. <laughs> yes, that is actually true. It's, yeah, it's like, I, yeah, can't control it, but it's okay. And you know, sometimes you feel shitty sometimes and it's also okay, you know? Yeah, just, I hear that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been awesome. And I hope I get to see you in person sooner than later. Yes, if you guys come back to Toronto or 
I think we're coming to Vancouver Island this summer. Awesome. To see family. So awesome. Okay. We'll connect. Okay, Tina. So it's fable.com right now, right? It used to be. You got the dot com? Yeah, yeah, fable.com. Yeah, we got, we got that dot com. Fable.com. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be able to release this. Uh, it might be right after Black Friday, but um, uh, there'll be more sales, I'm sure, right? And wh- where else can people find you? Not very big on social media. They'll find you working. They'll find you working behind <laughs> fable.com. They'll find me working, lurking on Reddit is what I'll be doing. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, just you know, fable.com or if you're over in Toronto and want to reach out for a drink or a coffee i am around that's great okay tina well thank you very much have a great evening and enjoy your weekend okay bye rob thank you for listening to this episode of the actualized podcast You can find the show notes for this episode, as well as all other episodes at firstsession.com slash podcast. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time.